Welcome to The Grit. As always, I'm your host, Digit Murphy. On The Grit, we discuss topics and issues related to women and, shocker, women in sports with guests who are incredible women and incredible contributors to the conversation. I'm a longtime women's advocate and a women's ice hockey coach, Coach Dip Brown from 1987. Yes, I'm old as dirt to 2011. And then I was the two-time Clarkson Cup winning Boston Blades coach. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's no CWHL anymore. We'll talk about that at some point. And then I uh, just got finished with a stint uh, with Hockey China and Kuhlman Red Stars. So that's a little bit about me. But let's get to our guest. Our guest today is a longtime friend and uh, up-and-coming women leader, if not already a woman leader. Her name is Ashley Kilstein, and she is now the Associate Athletic Director at Wentworth Institute in Boston. And I probably screwed up that college killer, but welcome to the show. You actually crushed it. Once Wentworth Institute of Technology, happy, happy to be here. Longtime follower, not a first-time listener. <laughs> God, I love you, killer. I'm, why have you not been on the show sooner than this? Uh, you couldn't afford me. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of like one of those things. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. That's right. So, young, young killer. Young killer. I say young because it's mm. all in perspective of the Digit Murphy oldest dirt eyes. Right. Um, you 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 come to us um, obviously, like you said, first time follower, whatever you said, more articulate than I did. Um, we want to talk a little bit about your history as a woman, as a woman's leader, as a woman's coach. So let's get right into it. Tell me how you got involved in sports and what kind of sports you played growing up. Oh well, anything I could get my hands into. I was uh, I was a child who just like kind of just wanted to get messy. I think there's pictures of me like holding dirt at one point. Um, and you know, everything and anything was, was completely on limits. Uh, I watched my brother play ice hockey at Germantown Academy in Philly. And I was like, I want to do that. And I was like, I was, I was done with running around the rink looking for quarters in the machines and I wanted to skate. Um, so, wow. I think I was about five and they put me into like those little lessons um, I was enamored with pro shops too, still am. Um, nice. uh, so I got a chance to go on the ice and I don't think I really ever turned back. I was, uh, part of the rink rats in-house club team in like 1992. Was that really the name of your team? Wait, wait, wait. Was that the name of your team, the rink rats, or did you just name yourself that? No, I still have the jersey. It's the rink rats. Um, it. it's, it's awesome. I have a VHS of everything too. Don't tell anyone. Um, but hey, that let's, um, let's let's bring that let's bring those jerseys back the grit rink rats okay but we, we we're constantly inventing but go ahead yep so yeah um it's i'm sure it's a size youth youth medium but yeah um <laughs> uh and and from there you know my my family was really good at letting me venture to see my goals and i played again every sport went to a great school um and i just turned out that i was loving hockey i met kush sadu um who took me out of guys hockey still let me play guys hockey but he really kind of pushed me further and further down the um the loop of what women's hockey can do and it really baffled my mind uh and since then he's been an incredible mentor to me just like yourself um and I really give a lot of credit to where I am in hockey to the people that I've met worked for um work with like it doesn't even matter with hockey um and that's really how I got got to where I am and um 
I, you, know, you know, the word is lucky. You know, you make your own luck, but here I am. Yeah, well, so let's 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 unpack that a little bit because uh, I think you're skipping a few steps because you're oh, okay. very well accomplished. And let's go back. Um, okay. So, so uh, you're 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 a little kid. You're five. Couple things. Right. Number one, your parents didn't like say you have to figure skate. Like check one. Good no. parents, or did they? or did they? Not bad parents, but you know sometimes uninformed parents are like, no, you can't play hockey. Put oh the tutu on. That that gave my mom like a good hour in the warm room. She was like, "Do whatever you want," um, and uh, and my parents were just pumped that I was interested. I remember one of my brother's friend's dad going, "You should play hockey," because I was like, I was a rugged kid, you know. You're you're not your atypical Cherry Hill girl. And um, and my first question, I will always remember it was like, "Okay, but how do I go to the bathroom?" Like. <laughs> I swear to God, that's like one of the biggest things I remember. And to this day, I haven't figured that out. Oh um, but that was, I was like, do they stop it? I can go across the ice. Like, how does this work? Um, that doesn't happen. Uh, Love it. So, yeah, they, they let me really go hard into it. They were so behind me. It's almost like looking back, they didn't know that there was limitations. So I wasn't brought up knowing that there was, there weren't limitations. But that's and, the best way. Yeah. I have to give, um, I always tell my parents I wouldn't trade them for the world, but I've been looking. Um, <laughs> but but in, but in this case, um, they were really good at being so, and, and same with my brother and sister, you know, uh, just being like, hey, do your thing. And even if I was getting dressed in the bathroom next to the regular locker room, like, I got on the ice. I got, I was, I was one of the guys. I was rocking my Cooper helmet. Love it. I, you know, it's funny. Well, first of all, I don't know why you didn't get into stand up because I think that well too. No, it's, it's really great. Um, so let's keep going on that concept because I remember talking to one of my all time favorites, Katie Gay, best oh, ref yeah. in, in hockey, men and women's. Um, and she For was sure. talking about how she had to always dress in the bathroom and, uh, you know, do you have any funny stories like you know like you know she she told the story I think you know yes I am a girl I do play hockey I'm in the bathroom like keep walking no she didn't say that because she's much more nice but you know kind of like any stories like and then how that's question one and the second part of that question is as a girl on a boys team how were you treated um first question I always felt like one of those like bathroom attendants that I was like gonna hand out a wipe or like a mint I'm like, thanks for coming into um, Iceland bathroom, <laughs> home of the tile floor. You know, it's like, here's a moist toilet. No, like, honestly, I was in a four by four room and I would always be so nervous that I'd be like halfway, like get it, like, you know, taping something up and someone would be popping in or you like, you have to listen to someone go to the bathroom. Like I, I have an easy, like dry heave mechanism. So um, not good. So yeah. the bathroom was not a great experience is what you're telling me. But no, I, I wasn't a, you know, the walls weren't great conversationalists. It was a one-way street. Um, and then, oh my God, playing with guys. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I liked the physicality of it. I loved the, the you know, I was going to use brotherhood and I, I guess I still can, but it was like just a, a family orient. Like I was treated just like them. Um, and I still have those friends that I absolutely connect to. And I, 
I played ice hockey up to probably I became midget hockey and then I stopped and I played again my senior year Um, and I had to talk my dad and my parents into letting me do that again Um, but you know it it was so good for me Um, I think I got a lot of penalty minutes because of it but I think so did Katie Gay. The coaches were good to you. Oh, they they were great. It was a non-entity. You know, when when you're not when when thoughts aren't imposed onto you that you are something else, you don't live that out. Right. Well, and I don't know how competitive was the boys' league you were in. Sometimes that you know identifies how they're going to treat you. You know, because God forbid you come in on this like massively good team and they're like, oh, you're the girl, fourth line, bye. Like you didn't. Oh no. Never. Right. And, and you know what, I, when I was, um, you know, when we had done something as a mistake too, like I was treated the same. I remember I played, uh, I know if I say this rank, everyone will know where it was, but the skating club at Wilmington, I played for the no longer Wilmington Typhoon. And, uh, if we didn't do well and we had summer training camp, um, we got our, we took our skates off. He put us outside, and it was August, and we were running laps outside. Love and I it. was like, I will, yeah, you would love it, Digit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to the loving that because you played for one of my uh, former players. I mean, oh, yes. coached with them, but yes. Um, well, well, before we get into that, let's yeah. keep let's keep going with other sports you played. Uh, you know that that kind of shaped who you were. Any funny stories? Um, I was, I think, I think I peaked around like top of ninth grade for most sports, maybe bottom of ninth grade. Like, and I, I hate to say maybe I started to specialize, but like I I scored a big goal in pen charter history in Philly. I'm a left footed soccer player. I scored it with my right, right foot. It was probably the Mm -hmm. highlight of my career. Right. Like I was just like frantic. Um, I, I just love playing sports. Like. I was two belts away from being a black belt when I was younger. I think they put, I don't know if my parents were trying to like get me babysat or if they, or they just needed, maybe you were like a precocious kid and they're like, can we please like, you know, cause you know, just talking to you, I can see how you being a kid was, you're probably like, well, what's that? Well, how, how you do that? And how you do that? And they're like, oh, we got to get this kid into sports because we can't even handle her uh, inquisitiveness and energy. Now imagine me being now imagine me being stuck in a in a house for a few days doing the no. same thing. No, that's why they're like, we got to get her out. Well, good for your parents. Um, they're they're wonderful people, and uh, yeah. God bless them. Thank um, you. And uh, I I I gotta just say, you know, the Kilstein thing killed me on the way in. So you like tell me how you you said I before E except when you're Jewish. Like yeah. I just friggin love that. <laughs> so I'm sure you grew up you know, in uh, a Jewish household is a typical Jewish household, you know, because here's the thing, killer. You know, the reason I say that is because we have listeners right now that are listening that are Jewish, that are kids that like sometimes if they're think about this. And I, I, I always say, you know, the church of the hockey gods kind of ingest in my own kind of household. But think about kids that are Jewish that can't play hockey on your religious day. Like that, Mm -hmm. that could really like put a damper on your career. Like any kind of, were you guys really religious? Because I'd like you to give people advice if they are dealing with those kind of issues. So I grew up, I'd say my family growing up was more conservative. um, And then we slowly became more reformed. Um, You know, you hold the ideals a little closer to your heart, like most people. And, uh, not to say the the way of the world, but 
you can't make every service, but you try to be what you practice and what you preach to be. Um, I remember, I remember going to, uh, you know, I, I played at NSA, may it rest in peace for a year. And oh. one day, the first, the first, uh, day landed on Yom Kippur where you fast and we lined up on the line and I'm like, you know, this is, this is a tough time because I'm fasting all day. I probably, if I would have made it very clear to him, he would have been like, you don't have to do that, but you swallow right. your pride. I think that's a tougher thing um, with student athletes. Like, for instance, like Yeshiva University, they don't play on those Friday nights and they have to adapt to um, their surroundings to work within their religion. Uh, Again, I didn't necessarily grow up that way, but I think the world is evolving as such that there's no, you know, there's no barometer for where you're supposed to be and not be. And I've seen plenty of like very religious Jews play with, um, you know, their they're tallest underneath their stuff like it's it's actually super awesome and progressive and we are a welcoming world so I personally love to see uh, more people come out of the woodwork be be proud of it you know a lot of uh, a lot of my good friends that do coach at really higher ranks Lindsay Berman Jewish Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of great and you know religion is religion it does not define us by any means but it should not also preclude you from doing things. Yeah. And it's, it's about being tolerant and being respectful. It's all the, the, the things that sports teaches you. Right. And, yeah. and the fact that, you know, you can use sports lessons in so many, like, you know, so you got a kid on your team that's Jewish, that's Muslim, that's, you know, Catholic, that's black, white, you know, gay, straight, like these kind of things transcend sports, but also sports can teach so much, which is why, you know, whenever I do have a guest on my show and we can talk about these things, I just think it's really important because we're teaching the next generation of people and we need to be thoughtful leaders as we teach our lessons. So thanks for um, sharing that with us because we want everyone to have an opportunity to play a sport, get a job, you know, and be treated, you know, equally. So again, thanks for that. Didn't need me to get too deep, but it's important. No, it's, the conversation it's always usually. deep. So, um, so now you get from high school, you have an opportunity to go to college and you end up at union, um, Mm -hmm. talk about the experience there, but then, you know, how you transitioned after. So you played for Claudia, you know, one of the, one of the most, um, I think undervalued women in the sport, because, you know, at the time when you were there and when she was there, you weren't that successful, not that they're that successful now, but you know, the fact that you guys went through a lot of adversity for your four years at Union, you know, tells a lot about who you are and who Claudia was to never give up. So can you talk about your experience there and a little bit about what I alluded to in the lack of, um, you know, winning, I guess, is where you guys were at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm proud of that, too. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, you measure success different ways, but this is how I see it, right? I was recruited by a coach. He left. A coach, Tim Garish, came in. He was there for a couple of years, then Claudia came in. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Like, you talk about turnover, um, and you talk about what that can kind of do for your psyche and your development as a player. And, you know, younger, younger, Ashley, um, probably was a little ticked at the time. And then, <laughs> you know, because you're like, okay, this is all changing around you. But what I do think it created was like a sense of understanding of what's bigger than you. 
Um, and that's what I started to get because I thought a place like Union provided me every single thing that I needed to be successful, like mm-hmm. every equation, you know? Um, and I'm super proud of that. Like I, I was, I thought the way that I was recruited was to be the change, you know? And, and that's a, that's a funny thing, right? Because everyone's like, Oh, you're going to change this. But I think we did, did, I think we did make a change, you know, it's, you can't measure it in a day. You can't measure it in a, in a year, but I see progress and um, Claude was super instrumental in creating that for me because I think it really revitalized me and made me see, see way bigger in the picture uh, of which I'm still connected to her. Um, and that's my hockey family. So I got to be a marshal in my graduation. You know, I got to serve on student government. I, I'm very fortunate to what Union bestowed on me, and I'm ultimately an advocate for that place too. But you go in there, and I tell people this all the time, even when I was recruiting and working with Princeton, you know, like you go in and you look for the best education, and hockey should be a byproduct, you know, something that can kind of fuel that. And I think I was fortunate for that, you know, I really do. I really do. So I, I was very successful. Well, I could go into. I- we have, we don't have a, we have like about maybe 10 more minutes. So <laughs> I know that you and I could talk. I mean, we've already gone through 18 minutes, believe it or not. Um, but I know. Time I think, flies. Yeah. Well, because there's so much good information here. So I have to have you back as a guest because I want to go back to the way that Claudia coached and everything, but I want to mm-hmm. get through the whole, your whole journey because, um, you know, we're, sh- we're crushed for time, but, um, so now you, you graduate from union with all these great skills, whether you win or not, right. It's you use sports as a teaching tool, right? It's what, Absolutely. What it um, you end up going at law, going to law school next. Is that, is that where you, where you ended up? So, yeah. So I was at Albany law for a uh, master's of science and legal studies, um, with a minor in technology transfer. I don't okay. use any of that right now, just as a heads up. Um, but <laughs> You know, it was great. It let me see what I want to do. I worked at a law firm um, in Albany, and then I realized I am not made for this. <laughs> um, Allie Bo, who was the assistant at Union at the time, reached out to me, told me about this Williams assistant job opening. I was like, yes. So hockey in the forefront of my mind. Um, I take that job. It pays about 50% less than what I was making. Um, it was a no-brainer. Negotiated my salary a little bit up. Um, spent a year there and then I was was at a crossroads and I talked to Digit. <laughs> Do you like how Uh-oh. I sped that up a little? Uh oh, yeah, you sped that right up. I was like time. Time is everything. Time is money. <laughs> so you talked you talked to me and you ended up doing what? Uh head coach at Plymouth State, a small subsidiary of the UNH school system um up in Plymouth, New Hampshire. They hadn't won a game, or sorry, they won a game in six years, and I was like, well, you know, as my uh, good buddy Kush would say, you want to be the guy that follows that guy. Exactly. <laughs> I had, then you, can, you can win a game. Yeah, you're like, after that we won the first game, I was the winningest coach. I was like, well, <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was such a, a good tool and lesson, and um I had the greatest kids. I had my ups, my downs, my in-betweens, but um, I don't know if I would trade it for the world. Like that community was awesome. Awesome. And, and it taught you a lot, right? I mean, that's oh, like, a ton. You know, I remember, I remember we were in Naples and uh, 
you know, I'm just bringing it back. You just reminded me. Um, and you're like, Hey, you know, I, I, I think I want to go, or should I go for the job at Plymouth state? And I was like, why wouldn't you, you know, because to be the captain of your own ship at such a young age, you know, you're going to learn. And it just seems to me like you learn so much. And I think when you put yourself in that, you know, I talk about this all the time. You can't be afraid. And let's bring it back to how men apply for jobs and how women apply for jobs. Men have to like, you know, I've done one thing on the list of things. Okay. I can do the job. Women have to do nine out of the 10 things. And, you know, we have to take that stigma off ourselves as women because it does us no good. So, you know, at the end of the day, what I'd like to do is empower other women to take those risks. And I am so proud that you did that. And you were there for what, five, six years? Five years. Yeah. Wow. I know. And, and, and what kind of, what do you, what do you think the biggest thing you took away from that job was? Um, failure, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, my greatest teaching moments were when we were, we had to get up, you know, I, like, I, Hey, I remember the wins, but I remember us being, you know, needing to be better at more things than we were good at and being okay with not being okay. I think that taught us a lot. And as a younger first time head coach, like being a head coach of 23, was I the conservative option? No. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, what I came in there with was like, I'm going to make mistakes, but I will do it at the benefit of, of my kids. And I was allowed that. Um, yep. and, it, and it was hard. I will tell you right now, it was hard. There were, there was, I will tell you, every emotion was hit. Um, but I think I learned so much with it that it, it allows me, and I know I'm skipping a step, but in the job I do today to be able to kind of hit the same mindset and be like, yeah, if you expect every day to be perfect as a coach, step back. Yeah. Or as a person. I mean, that's the time we live in. So, so you go from there. Now you're, you know, you get your five years under your belt. And then you've got an opportunity and it's always tough, right? Because now you go from being the captain of your ship at D3 school to what is perceived as, and you know, I'm sure it was another stepping stone to division one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're offered the job at Princeton playing for one of the kids that, you know, played for me, Kara Gardner, Maury, who just won the ECAC championship Woo-woo, against Cornell. Oh, awesome. so it was bittersweet, bittersweet for me. Yeah. What, what you against Cornell. Wearing? I know. You know was half halfway down. I have the half, like I had half of a bear, half of the Cornell bear on one side and half of the brown bear on the other. Rumor has it you were actually the mascot. I'm not here. (laughs) It was me. Hey, if I, if people didn't see me on Instagram in England, then, uh, you know, they would have thought that, but no, um, you know, Kara is just, uh, the, the consummate brown bear in my mind. So, you know, Mm -hmm. even to see her with a Princeton tiger colors wearing them and, uh, being part of that is tough for me, but bears and tigers are essentially cousins. Yes, they are. They are. Yeah. And, and so talk a little bit about your experience for her, how she rubbed off on you, how she mentored her, mentored you, because uh, I'm, I'm curious to know. Uh, consummate competitor, right? So we were just always uh, being developed, being ready, uh, doing things that were advantageous to us. And I think we were always prepared. We played and, and we always practice and set up for practice in like a, a step ahead, a step ahead scenario, 
and it wasn't like in any deficiency to the way our kids learn but it was more gearing how we taught to the way our kids learn which was really right. cool um yeah. and that was something that was completely different we had great resources and the resources that we didn't have we created and everybody stepped up so it was I think that was one of the best things to have learned um from her it's like you step up and you do your job um right. and you pour your heart and soul into it and you know you're not going to get every outcome but I worked with the best kids and um you know I've never worked with a bad kid I realized through my time and that's what makes like the journey so hard when you move different places right um but I was so fortunate because they ultimately I think taught me the most yeah and and you're right it's just like as a mother you know having your kids which someday hopefully you'll know but you know I always say coaching coaching yeah coaching's like um parenting a lot you know and I think that's um and and the thing that I always took away from my coaching days, or I, I actually put into my coaching days, because I was actually a parent uh, second and a coach first, like most people, because I had the coaching job first. But it was always like, look, if my kids, my players, um, my I'm sorry, my own children can love me unconditionally mm-hmm. and my players can love me unconditionally, then that was always the target market I went to. I want I went to unconditional love because it was out of respect for each other and respect for humanity. And that was my kind of coaching mantra that I had in my head all the time. Coach with your your head, not your heart. You know, I'm your coach, not your friend. It's like I'm your mother. I love you, <laughs> but I'm here to teach you. And I'm I'm sure that it's a the way that women do things, you know, I just, I feel it, you know, so I think that's the secret sauce that women bring to the table. Oh, completely. And I also think just to build on that, you know, sometimes it's, it can be like, I am, uh, I am through the roof with my emotions. Like I'm like pumped for them and feel with them. And I think you should be allowed to do that. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coaching to play poker. If I'm, if I'm coaching to play poker, I should be in a casino somewhere, but (laughs) I think part part of it is, you know, being part of it was, you know, being a a connection to them, you know, you're an outlet and you want to be a resource and that's the most beautiful thing when you see it play out anywhere, not even just sports. Like and, it's inf- it's infectious. Yeah, and it's also about authenticity and I think sometimes yes. as as women in general, like we really protect our authenticity for fear of being judged. And I think that once we give ourselves permission to get out of that box we've put ourselves in, you can soar even to higher levels than you even thought possible because I really truly believe that, you know, women, women have it, we have it all. And we are just beginning to touch the levels of, um, competency and quality that we can get to. I think we're only scratching the surface. Completely. So you're at Wentworth now. Uh, yes. You're at one of one of the, the greatest athletic directors in the world, home of uh, Cheryl Ahrens, um, just consummate woman's advocate, been in it with a, for a long, long time at UMass. Uh, Gosh, I think I think she was there uh, when I was at Brown. I think she was just a kid coming in. Um, talk about your relationship with her and how you know she's mentored you and let you grow, or how how that's all worked. 
I think similar to, you know, my previous boss, I have the autonomy. You know, it's about it's about trust. Um uh Cheryl gives me that, you know, like I I get to go out and go to the the forefront and battle for things and it's so nice because it, you know, you've seen it as a coach, so whatever ails them ails you. Like it should be this like um symbiotic relationship of like everything. Um, and she does a great job of, of being like, Hey, you know, you can fight this, you know, empower, empower, empower. And mm-hmm. even, and even the staff, like we are just not, uh, we're not bound by any means. And I think it's an awesome thing now to be an associate AD, um, to look at younger coaches and be like, you've got this right. And I know times are going to be tough or to look at older coaches and be like, you're doing this great. And not everything is perfect, but how fortunate are we to be in such a place in the middle of the city, you know, a, a sleeping giant. And, and yeah, I'm doing a plug for Wentworth right now, but it it is perfect. And the amount of like truism to, to caring about kids at this division three level and at a small school, it is unparalleled. I work with, I work with the best. I get to teach the best. I like, I could go on and on, but there's only so many hours in the day. Speaking of which, we're uh we're at twenty nine twenty seven, if you can believe that. Doesn't it go by quickly? Everyone that's on my show is like, Oh my god, I can't believe it was a half an hour. No, you know, you go on to end. Yeah. Well, you know, you're definitely gonna come back. But lastly, you know, you're yeah. you're part of the new uh the new camp experience, uh the Get grit, gritty the grit leadership camps. Yeah, um, that's why I dyed my hair red for it to be like <laughs> Get gritty. So um you know, what, what we're trying to do uh, for the listeners out there, I'm here with um, Ashley Kilstein, uh, the Associate Athletic Director at Wentworth Institute of Technology and former hockey player and hockey coach at several levels. Uh, you know, we're going to do some really cool stuff with girls and, and leadership uh, using sports as a platform. So this summer, um, you know, sans the coronavirus shutting us down yes. by then, be, which hopefully not. Be safe, not. people. Be safe. Yes, be safe. Wash your hands. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we really want to create a leadership uh, opportunity for girls and women ages 14 and under all the way to, you know, 19 and under. So, um, Ash, uh, talk a little bit about why leadership is important to these girls at such a young age. I think once you learn to dig your heels in the sand once, you'll always be going forward. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to promote, you know, the ability to see coaches doing their thing um, that are strong, independent women that are mothers that balance everything and they do it well. And it isn't just hockey, it's everything. You know, you see great CEOs like this is kind of just a model off of that. Like you can be su- as successful and do anything you want. And here's how. Oh. Also, we're going to teach you how to be unreal hockey players. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I see it as a win-win. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the mantra has always been in my life is it's not just about sports. It's about life. And uh, it's, mm. it's really, you know, the opportunities that are created um, with fearlessness and, you know, grit and drive and desire and grinding. It just, it just matches sports and life so um, perfectly that we had to do a camp. And I believe that it starts at a young age and it starts with, um, if you can see it, you can be it mindset, you know, um, you know, we hope to have like Liz Keedy with, you know, her son down on the ice and Katie King with Cameron and, and Kara, you know, with one of her all three, girls. all three, yeah, 
all three. And you know, the, the idea is that these young girls will actually see women coaching, teaching, mentoring, you know, with their kids, you know, by their side, whether they're walking around the rink in the locker room, because it really is a picture that you need to see more of. And if we're not seeing it consistently on the television, you know, I believe that we as leaders have an obligation to create something that other people just, you know, won't respect. So that's a little bit about what um, the grit leadership camps are all about. And um, I'm happy that you're part of it. I know you're getting married this summer. So, you know, that's another layer. I hear in the background uh, him dropping the closet. He's reorganized six times today. Well, well, I and then you guys are probably in quarantine like the rest of us. Uh, yeah, of you, we're we're taping this on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, 2020, in the midst of the quarantine coronavirus situation. Yes, so, uh, uh, being being safe, locking it down, and working remotely isn't a bad thing. Let's flatten the curve, people. Yep, flatten the curve so that we can get uh, people out at camp in uh, July. So uh, yeah. look up BridgetMurphy.com, uh, the Grid Hockey Camp uh, at the uh, beginning of the festivities out in Boston. And, uh, you know, come come out and sign up. There's still slots available, people. Yeah. Well, Ash, um, where can people find you and follow you um, just so that, uh, you know, they're going to want – now that you're on the Grid <laughs> – uh, people are going to start like hounding you. You're going to have autographs. Oh, yeah. is going to be following you. Um, right now they can find me in my home quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I'm going to keep my social distance. Um, uh, but, uh, Twitter, Ashkill, A-S-H-K-I-L. Uh, I'm really just trying to stay positive during this. So there's a lot of, um, trying to just get some laughs and get some conversations going. So please join the conversation. Um, Instagram. I really don't know what I'm putting on there half the time. I'm gonna be honest, um, but but I like to have fun with it. So it's at Ashkill A S H K I L six two five. Did am I supposed to say my social on here or no? No, no, no social. Okay, we, okay, okay. Data privacy rules apply. All right, so I'll just read my visa card off real quick. No, 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 that, no visa, it. no PayPal. We don't want credentials. No if fingerprinting. My Venmo is um, no, no. I'm kidding. So Venmo, yeah, we like that one. Bring it no, on. No, so no things are. Things are awesome. I love, 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 love having conversations, connecting good people. So reach out. I am, uh, this is a, it's a, it's a great time to, to be, to be amongst great people. Well, I, and on that note, I don't think I can, I don't think I can top that. So as one of the great people that we've had on the show, Ash, uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And uh, well, that's it for this week's version of The Grit. For Ashley Kilstein, I'm Digit Murphy. See you next time. Stay gritty.